0: hi everyone welcome to this episode of the no really everything's fine podcast where we are joining you today from a seedy restroom in a pit stop in the middle of nowhere with one great (laughs) great episode for you about getting a seat at the table in the proposal industry as a manager. My name is Katherine Bennett. I'm the co-founder of Proposal Industry Experts and I'm joined here by a great group of podcasters with a terrific guest who will introduce herself momentarily. But let's go around and talk to our dumpster dwellers so that we can learn a little bit more about who we've got on the line today. Nora?
1: Yeah, so uh, I am Nora Fox. I have been working in proposals for over five years now Um, I'm a senior RFP strategist for uh, a very large company. It's $22 billion, 17th uh, largest global employer. Um, And uh, yeah, super excited to be talking about this topic today.
2: Hey everyone,
3: Uh, my name is Nicole Robinson, RFP queen, aka I've been in proposal management for about 16 years at this point. I'm currently the sales operations manager focusing on big management for a global cybersecurity firm based out of Toronto, Ontario. Did I say Toronto? I'm, I'm going to lose my sum card. They're going to come and take it from me.
2: Um, based out of Toronto, Ontario,
3: Canada. And I'm also of the founder of the Proposal Manager Planner, an organizational tool that's designed and created with the proposal manager in mind.
0: All right, Lisa, tell us a little bit
2: about
4: yourself. I uh, have been doing RFPs for about two decades, been managing teams for, is it what, 15 years now. I'm based in Utah in the beautiful Rocky Mountains. We've got a foot of snow right now. Can't wait for spring. Uh, I'm currently a Shipley consultant running multiple proposal teams, supporting clients, and I'm really happy to be here.
0: We are so glad that you dug yourself out of that snow to come in to come and say hi. <laughs> Lisa, you know, we talk a lot in our industry about the fact that proposal teams tend to kind of get stuck at the bottom of the org chart. They're not necessarily brought into key decision making roles. And sometimes we suffer from just an inability to be heard at upper echelons of these organizations. So we're talking about getting a seat at the table today. What does that mean to you? And what do you think, you know, how has that changed over your career as you've
4: learned more about the proposal industry? That's interesting because the proposal teams are actually embedded in a lot of different ways. Uh, Sometimes they're marketing. Sometimes they're on a sales team. Sometimes people understand what you do. Sometimes they don't, Uh, especially if you're embedded with a sales team. I think uh, they often take for granted uh, everything you do. They're not quite sure what you do or how you do it. They're just happy you do it. Uh, Sometimes you're on a marketing team with a bunch of writers. So there's a wide variety of situations where you're embedded, and I think that can really impact how you get a seat at the table. Um, it's, first of all, you cannot take for granted awareness and understanding. I think uh, that's every job everywhere. You have to promote yourself. You have to promote your team. You have to understand your value and what you bring to the table. And you have to tell people about it. I think somehow culturally we're like predispositioned like not to brag or not to promote ourselves. We think it's somehow bad. But the fact is, if you do not understand your value and you don't communicate your value, then you're you're missing a big opportunity. So what is your value? What do you bring in the table for a team, those managers? You have to be able to present that value And make sure that people understand your value and, and, and that really has to be, you know, pleading that case and at times, uh, when you need more resources, you need more raises, you need, uh, need to take care of your people. You have to make sure that everybody understands who you are and what you're capable of as a team and as an individual.
0: That's super important. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Nicole, love to hear it. What do you have? (laughs) How, if you could give like three ways, We like to have like super actionable takeaways, things that people can actually chew on and actually digest.
2: So if you could give a a new manager. (laughs) (laughs) Congratulations. (laughs) Um, If you could give a new manager
3: like three separate things or three um, separate ways that they can help to communicate their value what would those three things be like you definitely have to do this this and this and that will help you along it may not be like the magic wand um or anything but it will certainly help <laughs> it will certainly <laughs> help to uh communicate or help people to see the value of, of the team better three things.
4: okay three things Uh first of all i would say as a new manager your first step is actually first to evaluate you have to Dig down deep in your team and see what are your strengths and weaknesses. You have to evaluate each person. You have to see where your strengths are, where your weaknesses are, and then you turn around and you have to promote those. So it's it's meeting with the right people. I think when you're a new manager or you're new to a company, that's a great time. Who do you need? who are the influencers? Who are the decision makers? Identifying that sphere of influence. Set up meetings with them. Hey, I'm new. I'm a new manager. Just want to you know get to know you. And let's, let's talk about what I see in this team and what we can do, uh, with this team. And as you're doing that evaluation, you also identify the gaps, uh, not only in the people, but how are you going to get that team to the next level? That's your job as a manager is to take that team to the next level. So when you're looking at that, some of the things are you have people who are burned out. You have people who are underpaid. You have, um, people who aren't performing the way that they need to or should perform. So in that evaluation, you're taking a sweeping view of everything you're looking at and mapping out how you get them to the next level. So first of all, you have kind of the performance side, the employee side. Okay, why aren't they performing? If they're not performing, what what do we need to do to motivate them, help them, inspire them? Do they need training? Do they need mentoring? Is it they haven't had a raise in three years because of COVID? What is it? What do I need to do to get them? You also identify your top performers. And I'm really happy to be on this call today with Nora because I think Nora is a perfect example of this. You find someone like Nora who's outstanding and and you you know that no matter what, they're going to be there for you. Sorry, Nora, I'm going to embarrass you on this. Too bad you invited me. Uh, and uh, you, you totally take care of those people. You figure out how can I take these top performers and put them in positions where they can contribute even more to this team. If you are, you don't have enough resources, very common. How many proposal teams really have enough resources? You have to go to bat for those resources. And so it's, okay, this is uh, this is my understanding of how many RFPs or proposals we can do. Uh, and it's really about hard numbers. So you need to understand, okay, what's the capability? What should they be able to do? What do we need to do? Where's the gap? And then say, okay, I need funding because of this. We have, you know. We have a talented team. They just need to be developed. They just need extra help, whatever it is. And then you go to bat for the funding. And that's one of the hardest things I think people haven't done if they haven't been a manager. So it's uh, you talk about retention. So retention is key, especially where you have people in the organization who have been in for a long time. Uh, they fall behind uh, the industry. So if somebody's at a company more than five years, I can almost guarantee they've fallen behind the industry. The, the, sometimes the most aggressive way to pursue your career is to job hop at strategic intervals, because you can increase, you know, you can increase vertically a lot faster than if you stay within a company, unless you're getting significant promotional opportunities. If you look at a seven percent inflation last year. I mean, who got seven percent raise last year, right? So uh, who do you need to take care of financially and, and what do you need to get your team on par? And I would say stick with the numbers. Uh, it's got to be about, hey, we're having a trouble with retention where people are leaving. Uh, we had 25% retention last year. It takes us a year to get a proposal manager up to a maximum productivity. We need to retain these people. And this is the investment we need. Come with the business plan. Come with details. So evaluate your team. Come with your plan, people, money, training, key things like that. Go to the right people who are in a position to, to grant this to you. Make sure you demonstrate ROI with those capabilities. Um, we're going to see this kind of return. You know, this is what we can expect. And as long as you come at it with hard numbers most of the time, you get that seat at the table and you get what you ask for.
2: I Absolutely. Thank you. That was my- like. <laughs> And That was great. And Laura. And I got so to convince Nora too. I, was I, was like, I, was a <laughs> I love that for She's
1: her. turning to I love me.
2: that for her. She absolutely deserves
3: those flowers. And yeah, we are big fans of Laura Fox over here. So please continue. <laughs> and thank you very much for that for that answer, Lisa. I think that's gonna help a lot of people. It's certainly gonna help me. Um just for uh, just to like continue the conversation in, in relation to the management, I've I became a people manager in proposal management for the first time in my career last year. Um and so my team is new. So they they're they're new hires, they're new to the industry that we're in, and they're new to proposal management. Uh, I was also mid merger and a whole bunch of other things. So it was a, it was a very interesting very interesting year. But um for somebody coming over and taking over an established team i feel like and even still like these are all things that you can continue to do as your team is growing as you are as you are ramping them up you as you said you know the goal is to get them to the next level and so um i think everything that you said is especially the assess- assessment and bringing the hard numbers and making sure that there is a return and be able to communicate what that return on investment will be um, once you have developed the strategy. Um, I would also highly recommend Harvard Business Review has quick hot takes on all kinds of things, and one of the uh, one of the hot takes on YouTube, that like you mention is on YouTube is talking about strategy and the difference between strategies and planning. And it's probably a 12-minute video, and it changed my whole perspective on how to come to the table and make changes when you're trying to iterate on a process or iterate for your team um, or advocate for them in any type of way. I thought they were amazing. So... uh, just for the audience
2: out there, you're just looking for, you know, quick hits, um,
1: insightful detailed, meaningful information, you nice. on YouTube. One thing I will say is that Lisa has always taken care of her team financially. Because, right, like no one does this. Yeah, you know, we love it, right? But at the end of the day, everybody's doing it because they got bills <laughs> to pay, <laughs> right? Um, and so, you know, I definitely think that proposals in the last couple of years have gone become a really hot industry. Uh, From what I'm hearing across the board, salaries have kind of increased and things like that. Um, So for, you know, you, Lisa, one, how do you go and kind of what are you what sources are you looking at to make sure that, you know, you're paying your people on par with industry standard? And, you know, um, two, what would you recommend to folks who maybe have been in their position for a little bit longer? Right. Five, six, seven years, maybe even longer, haven't left that role Um, to, you know, maybe advocate for, you know, their, their team and things like that, would you recommend them using those sort of resources you're about to talk about to um, maybe get raises for their team? Would you recommend, um, you know, for somebody like Nicole, who's going, you know, in, in new, um, using those same type of resources, or are there different resources you would recommend um, uh, for folks who have been in their position for a little while versus people, you know, who've been in those roles for a while, or or, sorry, coming into like a newer team?
4: Yeah, that's a great point. So there are some good external resources. Uh, One is APMP It's doing a salary evaluation. Uh, They just uh, published it for this year. So uh, I will say, though, the one tricky thing about salaries in the proposal world is there is a super wide range. It kind of shocks me. Has anybody else noticed that? It kind of shocks me when I come across people who are making way down here. I'm like, really? Like, why did you ever accept that job? and then uh then i'm also like oh you get paid that much really like it there's a super wide range so uh, it really depends on industry it depends on culture in the company how important the proposal team is in the company how uh how mature even sometimes i mean i find you know you're coming into a company you're the only one it's the first time they've ever done it it's much harder to justify the kind of salary when you have a mature, developed team. So I think you got to fight harder when you're that newcomer in the company. They don't understand the role. They don't understand the company. But you can validate through APMP. You can validate through source job boards like LinkedIn. Uh, you can see salary spreads there uh, for the type of education, years of experience, things like that. Now, what if you feel like you're underpaid, especially if you've been in a position for a while? You can go get external sources, um, and, and that's important. I also think uh, demonstrating your value. So going to your performance reviews, going to if you if you don't have them, setting them up, be proactive and saying, here's what I've accomplished this year. Like you should bring your value to the table. And, um, you know, they're either going to recognize that value or they're, or they're not. So you sell yourself. You have to sell yourself. It's funny. We sell in proposals. We have to sell ourselves, too. You got to come to the table, sell yourself. Here's everything I've done. Here's I've improved these processes. And it's also kind of a lean in, a Sheryl Sandberg thing. Where did you step up beyond what was your scope? How did you add extra value? You should always be bringing those things, if not for your company, for your own personal development as well. What did you bring to the table? How have you stretched? How have you reached beyond your scope? And you bring all that to the table and you ask for the raise. Now, I will say you're not always going to get it. Okay, there's some companies that just can't recognize that value. And then I would encourage you to look elsewhere. Um, There's just some companies who are more adept at recognizing value than others. So you're not always going to get it, but you do everything you can to get it. And that's bringing all your data, your influence, your experience. Make sure you have a good trust, track record with the management, with your fellow team, you're well-respected. Bring all that to the table and ask for what you deserve.
0: You know, there is a resource where folks can track their everyday accomplishments. And it's something called the Proposal Manager's Planner. (laughs)
2: That was so well done.
0: Thank you. Look at that segue. But genuinely, I love the fact that you brought that up, Lisa, because Nicole's Mm. planner, or like whatever method is that you decide to use, obviously, we endorse that product wholeheartedly on this podcast. Um, (laughs) But whatever method you you choose to use, you know, get in there frequently. And if you do make one or two, you know, kind of stretch goals over a quarter, you're going to forget by the end of the year. So if you write it down in a planner like Nicole's, you're going to be. You're gonna have that success, right? Like you'd be able to communicate that with the team. Um, delightful, and delightful. Is such
3: a huge part of it.
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah. Uh, it I'm sorry, Nicole. Part of the planner. That's one of the reasons I was
1: like, "Can you?" Hear me? Yes. Sort of. Yeah, I think so. We can now.
2: Can you guys hear? Me? Yeah. Yep. Oh, it okay. cut out, but you're back. Oh, awesome. You're back. Sorry. Um. Oh. Okay. Okay.
3: Awesome. Yeah, one of the things one of the reasons I have like a section on reflection is for that purpose. Like I really wanted to empower proposal managers to like think about it. Like, how did the week go? How did the month go? How is the year going? What 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 worked? What didn't work? So being able to have a place to capture all of that and then translate it into a report of some sort that you do de- that you develop. I feel like is exactly the um is exactly exactly what you would want to be doing, especially as it relates
4: to the advice that we just And if you don't feel you've been given that opportunity to stretch, uh, it's interesting. Uh, at my last job, uh, the, my manager said her favorite words were, how can I help? How can I help? What can I do to make your job easier? Every manager in the world is going to be happy to hear that, right? Uh, how can I help your job? How can I make things go better in the department? What what uh, are you worried about? What could I try and you know to help with? Uh, and get your foot in the door, and then do a good job, knock it out of the park, and then bring your value.
1: Yeah, one thing I saw in LinkedIn re- pretty recently was um, how HR departments only conduct exit interviews, and uh, you know they started conducting stay interviews with their team. And Lisa, that's one thing I love about you is You always conduct your stay interviews. Every single one-on-one with Lisa is essentially a stay interview. You know, what can I do? How can I make it better? And, you know, that's how you know a great manager.
4: See, she's dishing it back. She's making me blush. Did you see her her (laughs) dishing (laughs) that back? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I got it back. All right. I love that for you both. I love
2: that for you both. (laughs) Um,
3: and I, I saw that article as well. I had to repost be it because I absolutely loved that. I I thought that was so useful, and I was like, well, definitely gonna adopt that. Um, just a fantastic way of of staying connected and connected uh, connected from all kinds of levels with your team before it's too late. Before it's like you're trying to retain them um, as opposed to like uh, you know trying to you know solve for some other issue. So, yeah, I really, I really,
0: really was like, okay, that is absolutely something I'm going to adopt at least, if not every one-on-one, at least, you know,
2: once a month. So we are racing up on the end of our time in the CD
0: restroom of the Pit Stop. <laughs> We're joining you from today. Um, Lisa, if there's
2: one thing that you could tell new managers to help their voices be heard, what do you think it would be?
4: Bring the data. Uh, unfortunately, the person you're asking usually for money is a finance person, <laughs> or or somebody who doesn't have the money. Bring the data back. Your back your facts up, um, and don't give up. Sometimes just because the first time you ask doesn't mean you're not going to be able to get it the second time you ask. Uh, and keep bringing that that data and value. Um, and don't give up. Just keep at it. Uh, your team deserves it.
0: I'm not even going to summarize anything else that Lisa said. That was a perfect way to end the episode. Thank you so much for our listeners today for joining us. If you'd like to listen to more of our podcasts, you can join us in the Flaming Dumpster several times a month on any platform where you find podcasts, including Apple Podcasts and Podbean. If you want to connect with Lisa, I assume that you're available to connect on LinkedIn.
4: Yeah, definitely. Love to. Lisa, P-U-C-K-R-I-N. Lisa Puckrin, Love to talk to you.
0: Excellent. Connect with Lisa and the rest of the know really everything's fine crew over on LinkedIn and on our other platforms. In the meantime, stay well, be safe, put out the fires and we can't wait to see you again in our next episode. Cheers, everyone.